This is the Alchemize Your Life podcast. On today's episode, we are talking about literally the most important magical tool you could possibly have. It is not your wand, and no, it's also not a joystick. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sian Kenshin. And I'm Sophie Ma. And we're here to Alchemize, Alchemize Your Life. In this podcast, we show you how to apply the principles of spirituality, prosperity, and sexuality to create true and lasting transformations in your life and business. Join us at the Prism Institute of Quantum Alchemy as we explore the ancient, esoteric teachings of Buddhism, Tantra, Hermetics, and more. As we weave these primal energies together within ourselves, we repair the fractured consciousness of humanity itself. Join us in liberating the world and realizing that the gold is in you. Hands down, meditation is one of the most important tools in an aspiring magician's toolbox. I mean, I would even say like the, the most important tool. Liter the most literally tool. the most important and actually tool. not even just in magic but like in almost any sort of ascension or spiritual um technology really just in life in life yeah if you don't meditate please start <laughs> yeah it is yeah but we're not going to talk about life in general today today we're talking about magic specifically about magic and how meditation is the most overlooked and like we said the most important tool if you have been in the process of doing magic for a while or manifestation or witchcraft or spell work or even just positive affirmations, which are spells, then if you're not also meditating, you probably might not be I, finding they're I, very effective. I was, I was gonna I was gonna say if they're not working, you should probably meditate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we don't even need to troubleshoot why they're not working. I can almost get like 98% of the time it's because you don't have a concentrated mind. And today we're gonna get into why. We're going to get into why, we're going to get into how, we're going to have tips and tricks. It's going to be really good. But first, I want to like compare and contrast yeah, a little bit what here. Kind, what kind of meditation? Like, I mean, you know, I say meditation instantly, uh, you know, an old buddy of mine, Adam, would be like, oh, yeah, I meditate all the time. And I'm like, oh, what do you do? Oh, you know, I just, I remember that one island off the coast of Mexico that was so peaceful. This one time in my life, everything was just perfect and peaceful. And I just go back to there and I just, ah. And I'm like, yeah, that's a nice visualization. That's technically a type of meditation. That's not this kind of meditation. That's not what we're talking about today, though. So let, let's explain this a little bit. So what you just described is actually a very effective form of meditation. And for some people, that's definitely the most accessible, right? Because you're – and it, the goal, if your goal of meditation is stress relief, hmm. that's hands down the best <laughs> way to do it. Immediate pointed stress relief. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's and for that individual, that's exactly what they wanted and needed, and that's really good that they were doing that and yeah. like honoring their yeah, own for, flow for him. Definitely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was grateful that he practiced that. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so we're not saying like in we don't want to. I want to be really careful here. We're not saying certain types of meditation are better than or lesser than. Like this is not like a, this is the only kind different, of really good meditation. Different and, tools for different purposes. That's why we get into the why. Exactly. So for people if you're looking for stress relief 
that is a very, very good type of meditation. Now, if you're doing things like if you've been doing manifestation or if you've been doing spell work or witchcraft or anything similar, um, or even just mindset work in general, right? Um, you've probably come across guided visualizations, guided meditations. Even when, you know, you're getting Reiki certified, breathwork certified, right? We use guided meditations a lot to incite a state, learning to work with the Akashic Records, like they're everywhere. And these are very, very potent tools to access the subconscious, to be able to start reprogramming things, to allow your subconscious to start allowing new ideas in. But again, that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, that is still really, really valuable, especially when you're doing rituals and things. You want to be able to like really step into the world that you're creating, right? If you're doing a spell, you're probably doing it. Well, you have to be doing it because you want to create a certain outcome and visualizing that outcome as you are doing your meditate, as you are doing your, your ritual work is a type of guided meditation. And that is really, really good. That is also still not what we're talking about today. <laughs> yeah. it is, that is an important tool, but not the most important tool. Not the most important tool. Okay. So now that I've set the framework, what is the most important tool? Don't just say meditation again. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Buddhists call it shamatha. Or, okay. Uh, and for those of us that are not Buddhist and prefer English language? Concentration meditation. Okay. Okay, so so it's even different than vipassana, which is insight meditation. That's that's more just for alch alchemy. Mm -hmm. Insight is for alchemy, mm -hmm. whereas like concentration is foundational for any sort of transpersonal uh, or lunar alchemy or any sort of like mindset uh, transformation. Mm -hmm. And the reason. So, so I, I guess before we get into the reason, we probably have to talk about, well, what is concentration meditation? Yeah. Right? So, like, I obviously, I, I do <laughs> I do a master class on this. Um, is I, that, that master class is free, is it's it not? It's free, yeah. If you, if you yeah. go to the prism.org and you go to courses and you click on the quantum lab, it's totally free. It's got a bunch of awesome, awesome master classes and tools in there. Mm -hmm. uh, my master class, it's 90 minutes long on how to meditate how to do concentration meditation correctly uh, and why you would want to do that mm -hmm. is that's uh, a, that's a little more uh, muggle sort of why neuroscience as opposed to magical why. Oh, we don't. Yeah, that's good. It's really good yeah. to have both. Today yeah, yeah. we're going to talk. Today we're going to talk about the esoteric why. Yeah. Right? And then if you want to know the neuroscience why, which by the way, there is tons and tons and tons yeah. of science on this topic that is referenced in that masterclass. So we're going to give you the woo. And then if you want the grounded material realm stuff, you can go to the, the masterclass in the quantum lab for free and, and you can check that out as well. So at its basic form, concentration meditation is focusing the mind on a single object for an extended period of time. That could be your breath. And a candle. A candle. Yeah, I was seeing a flame right before this. I said that. When I say your breath, it could be like the feeling of the breath on the tip of your nose. Sometimes because I really struggle to breathe deeply. So sometimes I focus more on the feeling of my stomach rising as my lungs fill. Mm -hmm. um, but like any singular sensation or any sensation point of focus. that is relatively continuous and isn't just going to go away in the middle of your meditation, right? Like a candle, it's just it's continuous. It's there. So you can totally just get dropped in. Unless it's like a really small tea light or the candle's almost done. So, you know, you know Aaron, plan accordingly. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Doughty um, talks about how uh, meditation 
helped him uh, get beyond his ADHD. Yeah, and I can personally vouch for that 100%. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, you're a totally different person from when we met. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So for those of you guys that don't know, um, in my my background, I have ADHD in my family. I was diagnosed with, with ADHD and actually one of the lucky few who got both the ADD and the ADHD in my diagnosis. So for about 10 years of my life, I got diagnosed late in life when I was 18. We're going down the muggle path a little bit here, but it feels relevant. Um, I got, sorry, I was 19 when I was diagnosed. And up until I was 29, I was taking like fairly high levels of Ritalin to, prescribed, just to be clear, like under doctor's orders to like help me basically function in the world because I, I, for a while, like 10 years, I I actually couldn't, like I couldn't have made it through university without it. And, um, Right before we met, actually, I was already on, well, like reconnected. Um, I was already on my spiritual path and I wasn't properly meditating like in this fashion. I was doing some of the odd guided meditation, but mm-hmm. I was already really mm-hmm. into my spiritual path. And I was already really getting the intuition that like um, not only did I not want to be dumping pharmaceuticals that were incredibly expensive if you did not have insurance um, into my body all the time. But I also didn't like what they did to my my being and my personality because it was like, if you guys have ever seen, I think it's Calvin and Hobbes. There's a cartoon yeah. comic about yeah, it yeah. where his whole world is like so bright and colored and creative. And then they put him on Ritalin and it's just black and white like a normal comic strip. Uh, and that's definitely how I felt, which was like useful for a while. But it, it was hampering a big part of my personality. So now people just have to deal with me talking in circles and it's fine. <laughs> Anyways, um. Once so that was in March, and I started meditating with you in November, mm-hmm. and yeah. it and I made a huge difference. Totally changed the way you meditated. You not only did you transform the way I meditated, but that that means of meditation, that specific type of meditation, which I had the story that because I had ADHD, I wasn't capable of like sitting still for more than thirty seconds. So you can imagine I was not an easy student. <laughs> At the end of five, here yeah, super easy. At the end of well, five hours, she meditated for half an hour without even flinching. Yeah. With with this technique that we're going to teach yeah. you guys today. Yeah. So for those of you that are like, okay, well, I have the story that like I can't I can't sit still or I have ADHD or I have to be medicated or it's like just a story. It's just a story. I am living proof. I had had been off my Ritalin for six months. It was completely out of my system. I totally I couldn't even sit still in a float tank. And the, the only reason you think you can't sit still is because you think you can't sit still. Exactly. That's, it's like it's literally just a reframe, guys. Yeah. So this and, is super and- powerful, even just to transform. Just that one piece of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Aaron Doughty just used the candle thing, right? Yeah. And and like so, so like there's a more advanced forms where you can use like really tantric visualizations and move energy and stuff as as the focus method, or or use the void as your uh, your object of focus. You can use any object, but for the purposes of this discussion, we're just going to talk about the breath at the tip of your nose. Yeah. Okay. So we just have to give you guys a download on what this form of meditation is, and then we're going to tell you why it's important for magic. The absolute number one tool. It blows my mind that like none of the lineages that we're a part of talk about this. Like they all give you guided meditations, but not a single one of them talks about the importance of concentration meditation or a concentrated mind. They talk about the importance of meditation and and some of the meditations do have like visuals and so they are concentration, but they don't actually teach you the fundamental 
like foundational part of how to meditate. And if that's why I think a lot of people are bad at it and they think they're totally. doing it and wrong. they think they're doing it wrong. So if you're sitting here listening to this, having the bullshit meter fly off in your brain, this is never going to work for me, blah, 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 blah. I promise you. It can't fail. It cannot fail. <laughs> Give us 10 minutes of your time. Yeah. It'll be worth it. Yeah. And, and I'm quite, quite confident in the it can't fail because it's literally just reframing what the goal of meditation is for you. Mm-hmm. Right. You're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not good at meditation. I can't meditate. You know, as soon as I sit down, my mind's just like busy and it's off and la la land and like thinking thoughts. And I just I, it's just not for me. Mm-hmm. And, and like my response to that is great. You're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and most people just give me this like, look, I wish you could see my face right now because mm-hmm. it's kind of like, huh? It's pretty entertaining. It's like, huh? We call it the Joe Dispenza face. It's the Joe Dispenza face because he's like, huh? If you've ever been to one of Joe Dispenza's live <laughs> you know events, you'll know exactly about. what You know what we're, we're talking, talking about. about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let me, let me explain. So you sit down, you try to concentrate on your breath. You focus on the breath at your tip of your nose. You breathe in, you feel the breath coming in. You breathe out, you feel the breath coming out. Maybe you count as well. Not necessary, just a good tool. I like to count. Yeah. One in, one out. Two in, two out. Now, inevitably, at some point, you're going to notice you've been counting, but you lost the sensation of the breath, right? And maybe you counted like three or four or five numbers having lost the sensation. Totally cool. The real problem is most people at that point go, ah, God damn it, why can't I do this? And then they double down their efforts mm-hmm. and they go, okay, I'm, I, I usually teach this with my hands. So. <laughs> He's got a lot of hand movement going on yeah, right now. Um, so then they, they forcibly move their attention from the thoughts that had distracted them over to back to the breath. Okay, I'm going to try harder. Ah. You know, I have to use voices instead of hands. now. Yeah. I have to try harder. Ah. Yeah. And, and like really like, you know, exhaust themselves. It's a very masculine energy. Yeah. I am going to force this being that I am part of to focus. And there's just like, you know, if, let's say you're doing a five minute meditation and you notice after the fifth breath, like, oh shit, I got lost in thought. All of a sudden I'm thinking about the dog or I'm thinking about the trees outside or, oh, look, a squirrel or whatever the case might be. Um, you spend more time chastising yourself for being distracted than you do for the actual distraction in most cases. And that's actually the problem. Yeah. That is why most people think they can't meditate. Yeah, because if you're spending 50% of your time being like, oh, I'm so fucking bad at this. It's not enjoyable. Well, no. And also, what are you doing? You're reinforcing not being good at something. So so (laughs) let's explain. Let's, Let's explain what's happening here. So you sit down to focus. You focus for like two and a half seconds, and then you're off in La La Land. The thing is, though, you don't notice that moment that you kind of like lose focus, right? Because you're still counting for a while mm-hmm. while you're off in La La Land. So you haven't even noticed that you're off in, in, in dreamland, basically. This is an interesting thing about the brain is that the brain is very much capable of counting while it's thinking of something else. Mm-hmm. So the counting is not the sign that you're like, oh, well, I got to 10. It's like, yeah, but no, do you that, remember getting a, to 10? That's a mistake with people. Yeah, yeah. Were you focused on the breath while you got to 10? Yeah, so the, the key point is focusing on the breath. The counting is an additional focus point, but it is not the focus point. Yeah, so you're lost in La La Land. Maybe you're counting, maybe you're not. 
and um, you don't really notice it maybe until a third or fourth or fifth thought. You know, like first, maybe you started. Or 20th. Or 20th. Yeah, maybe you started with, oh, yeah, I got to make sure I make dinner for the kids. And like, oh, did I do grocery shopping? Oh, yeah, the car's got rust on it. I really got to take it in. And so on and so on and so forth. It's like the chain, a chain of thoughts, right? That are all somewhat tangential or related to each other. I know you're smiling because you're like, yeah, that's totally me, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, the interesting thing is like, yeah, you don't notice that first moment that you fall asleep metaphorical fall asleep right you're still wide awake but you're not fully conscious yeah and so you're really catching the end of the phenomenon right this this cycle of like falling asleep you're kind of catching it at the end where you're like oh now i'm aware that i'm I not was, aware <laughs> i'm not i'm not aware and therefore all of a sudden i'm like oh shit i'm supposed to be meditating and then you this is this is the important moment so can i use an analogy before you explain the? Important i just want moments? to reinforce the fact that okay. this that moment you become aware that you were lost in thought that is very important so let's just put a pin there yep so now the question is for those of you that have trained well have raised children or have trained dogs. We literally had this happen to us earlier today, um, or have trained animals that you expect to have some kind of recall. So probably not cats. Um, the thing is, this happens all the time where you they go off and they do their own thing, and then you go, oh, I don't actually know where that being is, whether it's your kids or your dog or whatever. And you go, oh shit, and I got to call them back. And then you call them back. Mm. And What is the mistake in regular life that most humans make when that being comes back? Finally comes back. They yell at them. They yell at them. Right? How dare you run away from me? You should know better. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Then like some people, you know, like I saw, I witnessed my parents like smack their dog. That was how they were raised to train was like a snap back on the nose or a smack on the bum or whatever the case might be. But here's the thing to the dog or the child. That negative reinforcement is it's just it's not reinforced on the the behavior of not coming they don't understand that they didn't answer you appropriately all they understand is i wasn't in your space and now i'm in your space and you're punishing me for it so you probably just don't want me in your space and next time i will not come as quickly yeah your your subconscious is uh, exactly the same yeah so remember that important point where you finally wake up and realize that you were lost in thought this is the equivalent this of is, realizing that you couldn't find your dog and this, you're like calling them to you. This is like when the dog comes back. Or when the dog comes back, pardon me. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is the moment the dog comes back. In fact, what has happened is your subconscious has awoken you. It has said, hey, did you really want to be focused on this meditation, uh, like on this breath? Because we don't normally do that. I'm just checking in. So that's actually the subconscious as the dog coming back to you. Now, most people yell at their subconscious at that point. Oh, I suck. But they don't think it's their subconscious. They think they're like getting hard on themselves. Wait, oh, yeah. man, why can't I do this? Oh, oh I'm going to try harder, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever it is you say to yourself. You know, you know what? It, I don't need to repeat it. You know what it is you say to yourself. 
but they're really hard on themselves. Yeah. And when people are hard on themselves, they're actually not hard on themselves. They're hard on their subconscious. Which is essentially, you can think of your subconscious mind as like a child, right? Like yeah. your inner child. It's like smacking the dog's nose yeah. when it comes back. So the dog has done something good. It actually came back. The subconscious actually woke you up, which is what you want. You, you know what? The point of meditation is not to be focused on a sensation. The point of it is to notice when you lose consciousness and gain consciousness and get better at being conscious. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point is being better at being conscious. And so when the subconscious learns how to come back like the dog, in other words, wake you up, punishing it is the exact opposite of what you want to do. Because then you're just sending the message of, oh, this is bad. I don't want this thing. You don't, clearly you're not very pleased with me. So I won't give you this thing anymore. And what happens? The next time it's longer. The next time it's longer. The next time it's longer between when you actually fall asleep and when you notice. Because this little being inside of your body, inside of your conscious mind, is you're teaching it not to wake you up. Because every time you do, it does, you get mad. So mm. like, who wants to deal with you when you're mad? And you know what happens? Meditation gets harder and harder yeah. each time. Each time you use negative reinforcement and get hard on yourself on your subconscious, your subconscious says, oh, he does not want to be awake. Yeah. That's the only conclusion it can draw. And it's a very logical conclusion. Mm -hmm. So we have to reframe meditation as not something that you have to do, but something that you have to train. Yeah your subconscious to do you are not the one meditating mm. you are the one creating the conditions of meditation mm -hmm. it's like you're creating a little training camp for yeah. your subconscious mind yeah yeah so and, what and do I, we do then so what do we do so we fall asleep we're lost in thought la 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 la, la. all of a sudden we realize we've been lost in thought oh <gasps> Oh, and I'm putting my hands in the prayer position right now. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank awesome. you. Celebrating. I want to be awake. Thank you. Wake me up faster next time. Yeah. Just like when the dog eventually comes back, celebrate you, you the shit celebrate out of it. Celebrate the dog. Give it a treat. It doesn't understand the concept of time. It doesn't know it was no, like no. gone rummaging around barking at bears for a while. It just knows that it showed up and it's happy that you're around and you have to reward that. Yeah. We reward good, good behavior. behavior. Always As positive reinforcement. Especially with your subconscious because you're stuck with it. Yeah. You can get rid yeah. of everything else in your life and your subconscious so, ain't going nowhere. So if that's all you get from today, I mean, that's enough. I'd, I've changed so many people's lives with that little tidbit. Like people completely transform their lives in a couple of weeks of meditating like that. And if it hasn't already landed, basically, just to say this like completely in one sentence, the purpose of meditating like this is to fall asleep, wake up, celebrate and come back and That's every time point. you do that it's like doing a rep at the gym mm -hmm. it's like lifting that weight one more time you are re-informing the neural network in your brain that this is what you want from a neuroscience perspective that and you're encouraging you, this behavior you want to be awake more often yeah and you want to catch phenomena earlier and earlier and earlier yeah so now this, so, is, this is important for magic. 
right? You know how you fell asleep and you, you didn't catch that, right? That's the beginning of phenomena. The falling asleep is the beginning and then the chain of thoughts. And the end of it is when you wake up. When you train like this, eventually you get to see phenomena earlier and earlier and earlier in time. And can we define what you mean by phenomena? So the easiest way to describe it is to use um, an example one of my clients uh, used. He's trying to do lucid dreaming. Mm -hmm. Okay. And one of the practices for lucid dreaming is every time you walk through a door. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Every time you walk through a door, you stop and you try to think of and, and visualize the room you just exited. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. and, it's, and you do a bit of a reality check. Okay? Now, his problem was he'd be like brushing his teeth, for example, looking in the mirror. Oh, I'm about to exit the bathroom. I should make sure I do this practice. Finish brushing his teeth, spit out, da 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 da. And then all of a sudden, he's laying on the bed <laughs> and he's like, oh, damn it. I did not. I didn't do the thing in the door. And I was literally just thinking about it before. And this has been a very consistent theme for this specific client. So y'all know time is not linear if you've been listening to this. Yeah. And, and this is an example of like, we're not experiencing all moments of time that we end up like floating through. This is what we mean by quote unquote falling asleep. We're just not yeah. experiencing the visceral present moment of time. Yeah, there's there's some sort of automatic system, the body, the subconscious, lunar consciousness, or whatever you want to call it, that takes over. And the conscious mind, its field, the 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 amount of reality it's processing has gotten narrower and narrower and narrower and it doesn't have the capacity to process all of the information that's coming in so it's disconnected and so it only gets the information after the fact and this is what we call the end of phenomena so the phenomena here is walking like having the intention of touching the door frame and doing this practice and he's not catching that until he's not done it. Yeah, it's like the old days when you used to watch YouTube videos and the internet wasn't like fast enough and then it would end up buffering. Mm, that's a it's, great analogy. It's exactly like that. Mm -hmm. Is like there's a buffer in you that's like caching all of this information as the body's going through it, but the conscious mind doesn't have the capacity to process all of that in real time. And so when there's an, a moment where everything else is kind of relaxed, it, it kind of catches up on the buffer. That's kind of, so that's what we mean by catching things at the end of phenomena where they've already happened. Mm -hmm. Concentration meditation trains you, increases your capacity to process information in real time, just like YouTube nowadays mm -hmm. <laughs> and again in our in that free master class in the quantum lab you go like really Super deep, deep in into that. that specific that aspect concept. of it but that's not the magical aspect that's not the magical aspect so now that you guys have the groundwork of like what we're actually talking about when we say concentration meditation how it works and you have the framework to at least go out and try it on your own even just from listening to this meditation not while you're driving or operating heavy machinery please why are we so boldly claiming 
that this is the single most important tool for magic. This type of meditation creates a concentrated mind that's able to hold on to a vision and intention for very long times mm -hmm. and also allows one to see more of what is happening inside behind the scenes. So there's really two parts of magic that um, this impacts. The first one, that ability to hold an intention and a vision for a long period of time, that's really, really, really important when you're doing spell work, when you're doing rituals, you have to be able to stay focused when you're doing your rituals, right? So many times I see people like pulling tarot cards and they're like off in outer space mm. and they're like looking at the cars driving by or they're checking their phone while they shuffle their cards or they're like, listening to music. Like if you're pulling a tarot card for Sophie here, but you're thinking about your boyfriend at the time, you're going to end up pulling a card for your boyfriend, not for Sophie. Yeah. Or just a confused card that's kind of or half that's for ha both of the half that's half in both, right? Yeah. Because your subconscious is taking the instructions from the conscious mind. Yeah. Yeah, the vibration, the intention that you're putting out into the field is what you're going to get your answer from. Like, even let's look at pendulum work, right? I know a lot of people are like, well, my pendulum doesn't work. And I'm like, no, you just don't have focus. So any of the time... <laughs> my, my pendulum doesn't work because I have too much control. <laughs> yes, you're not allowed to use pendulums. That's very true. Yeah. But for the average human, that's not the situation. For the average human, the, the problem... Just, I, I can make the pendulum say whatever I want it to say. Yes, you can. Yeah. Um, but again, not an issue for most people. For most people, they're working with their pendulum yeah. and they ask a question. And in the process of the pendulum answering, they're saying like, does Sophie love me? Because I know everybody worries about that. And the answer is yes, Especially always. You. you don't need a pendulum. <laughs> but, you know, does Sophie love me? And in the time it takes for the pendulum to actually swing to the right, you're either off on like, well, this is a stupid question. Should I even be asking this question? Is it ethical for me to ask this question? What if it says yes? Oh, my God. What if it says no? Oh, my God. What if it says yes? <laughs> the, pen the pendulum's going to try and answer all of those questions. Yeah. And then, you're, <laughs> and then yeah. you just short circuit and you're out to lunch, yeah. right? So yeah, anytime yeah. you're doing any kind of divination, even for those of you that are like early and you're, you know, when I first started pendulum work, tarot work and saging, those were my three things. And even when you're saging your home, like when you're saging your home or you're saging your sacred space, the intention is A, to clear out negative space, but also B, to set the intention for new space. If you are saging, thinking about what you did yesterday or what you're about to do tomorrow, or your thoughts are off in la la land, guess what you're infusing into your space? So all of these rituals, candle magic, everything, like, and I'm not even talking about the big rituals, you know, CN and I do multi-hour, like really oh, yeah. intense rituals that require incredible I amounts of focus. I think the longest one was about seven hours. We've done, we se did, we've done a seven we, hour ritual. We didn't yeah. even know it was set. Like we, we finished and we're like, what time is it? It's like midnight. Oh my yeah, God. What? How did that happen? Like we knew it got dark, but holy hell. Um, because we don't have distractions in our space, right? We like set the intention. We are here. We are present until this ritual is finished and we are focused on this. Space and time cease to exist. Exactly. Yeah. So, but for most of you, like we're not even talking about a seven hour ritual. I'm talking about like the ritual you're seconds. doing with a can yeah, candle magic, the time you're working with a pendulum, pulling yeah. tarot cards, like pulling an oracle card. Focus is so important. And that is the first 
thing, reason, and there's two, that is the first place where focus yeah. is paramount. If you can only have a concentrated mind during meditation for about 30 seconds, that's about the length of ritual you're able to do. Yeah. Right? And obviously you can get better and better and better with practice. Yeah. It's really easy. Like like you do five minutes a day and it's going to like change your life. And do you guys see now why it's so easy for us to say when you're like, oh, I like pulled out my tarot cards and the answers are wrong or my pendulum was wrong or my candle magic didn't work. And it's like, no, I, magic works invariably. Yeah. You are working with universal laws. It is literally, it's like science. But you have to understand it. You have to understand it and you have to be focused. And practice. Yeah. Practice, practice, practice. But here's the thing. You can practice the same tarot card reading yeah. over and over and over again. And if you don't have a focused mind when you pull you that card, to, you're going to get scattered answers. You have answers. to practice the foundational tools. And that's why meditation is a foundational tool for aspiring magicians. Yeah. Yeah, any type of esoteric um, practices. And then the second reason. Yeah, so the, the second reason is more about... It's... um Oh, yes. So remember how we were talking about the beginning, the middle, and the end of phenomena. And how, like, when you're meditating, you don't see the moment that you get distracted. You see a few moments later, even longer. Yeah, it later. might be two breaths, might be 20 breaths, right? 20 thoughts. Yeah. Five thoughts. You know, there there's a period of time between when you fall asleep, metaphorically, and when you get woken up. Now that is actually quite important in magic because that determines the amount of content that's happening in your subconscious throughout the day that you are aware of, that you are able to see. Mm -hmm. Now, beliefs, as an example, are thoughts that you've had so many times that you are no longer aware of them. They don't hit the conscious mind because they just happen so often that they're no longer necessary to hit the conscious mind. Yeah, a really good example that will um, land for a lot of people is like, if you're in North America, you drive on the right side of the road. That's just, That's just how you, it you is. You don't even think about it. If it just happens. Yeah, if you're in Australia, I think it's Australia. They Australia, drive on, Bali, and, or the UK. And the UK, yeah. you drive on the left side of the road. Now, this is just, you don't think about it, like ever. You it's not a it. thing, you just do it. But if you transplant someone from the UK and someone from Canada and they swap places, yes. you better believe they'd be thinking about it because all of a sudden that belief is proven not to be real. Yeah. And so uh, the other thing that meditation does is it helps you start to see the beginning of phenomena, i.e. that moment you start falling asleep. And that's actually what that's doing is, is expanding your light field. It's expanding the light of your awareness to see more and more and more of your subconscious, which means you're going to start see. Actually, it can be a little tough. Pe people think like, oh, you know, meditation is supposed to clear my mind, blah, blah, blah. It but I'm meditating and it's, it's getting noisier. Yeah. Well, that's because you're seeing more of what was there. It was already there. You're expanding the light of your awareness and you're seeing all the stuff that was like pushed out of the light because you didn't have the capacity or the training to handle all of that, all of those signals. 
And the reason this is really important when it comes to magic mm -hmm. is, for example, um, we are right now in the midst of teaching one of our infamous um, 5K and five day masterclasses. Uh, it's actually a wealth immersion, so it's five days. Uh, I love six. it. Anyways, like every, everyone every, like blows away the 5K. It's just, we got our like, up that ante a little bit. I know, but it just has such a nice ring to I it. I know. <laughs> Anyways, it's, we're under-promising and over-delivering, yeah. but regardless. So we've actually, we talk about this a lot when it comes to wealth, right? If you were to do a wealth ritual to call in, let's just say $100. Let's say you do some candle magic to call in $100. Cool. Um, now that candle magic ritual, even if you were incredibly focused the entire time, probably took two minutes. I'm being generous. It's probably less than that, but I'm going to be generous and I'm going to say two minutes. How many, see, and you're pulling out your phone. Can you do some math for me, please? How many minutes? Oh, he's taking a picture of us instead. But I was asking a question. I need you to do some math for me. Can we take that picture after, please? <laughs> <laughs> I was just being really nostalgic because uh, my mind went into the future. And I was like thinking about us now and being all nostalgic about the moment you're, now. You're being nostalgic about the present? Yeah. Well, if that's not distracting, <laughs> where was the beginning of that phenomenon, damn it? I was in it. Okay. Wait, what so am I doing? how many minutes are in a day? 3,600 minutes in an hour. So times 12. Wait, 60, 24 hours 60 in a day. minutes times 24 hours. That, yeah, that's sorry. 1440. 1440. Okay. Yeah. And two minutes of that is what percentage of the day? Two divided by 1440. Thanks for bearing with us here, guys. Uh, 0.1%. 0.1%. Okay, so 0.1%. So you have a, now spent 0.1% of your day. A tenth of a percent. Yeah. Focusing on creating more wealth in your life. Now that's all fine and dandy and it works, but here's the rub. What most people do is because they do not have a concentrated mind and they do not have the ability to catch or be aware of what is in their subconscious mind, they spend the rest of the 99.9% .9 of their day running their old programming. Mm -hmm. And they don't even know it. And the problem with this is 99.9% .9 is a whole hell of a lot bigger than 0.1%. And so even with the most powerful ritual, if you're negating that ritual for 99.9% .9 of the day because every single thought in your brain is about how you're not worthy of that $100 or how hard you're going to have to work to get it or what's it, it going to mean about you. It makes it a lot harder. Yeah, you're literally you're going to push the magic away. And this does not mean the magic doesn't work. It means that your mind is a very yeah. powerful, the most powerful tool. The magic works. It just takes longer. It has a smaller effect. There's there's so many aspects that can change where it still works, mm -hmm. but it's just smaller. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So instead of it being $100, maybe you get like $10 here, $10 there. You know, maybe it takes a year to amount that $100 you asked for. This is the difference between a novice magician and a powerful magician. A sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> right? And th th this is the thing, guys. A like, happy sorcerer. Like most people don't even know the thoughts that are playing through their minds. Yeah right? Because they don't have the capacity to even notice that they walked through the bathroom door and walked over to the bed and lay down before, you know, their intention of like remembering the room that they walked out of, mm -hmm. right? Like if you don't have the capacity to do that, you're not going to have the capacity to see what your subconscious thoughts are while you're doing that, mm -hmm. right? 
Like, I can absolutely experience the entire field of the room as I walk through it. I have to put myself into a state to do this. This yeah. is not this is not all day every day. And you wouldn't want it to be. No, I can experience the entire room, every follicle of hair that moves on my body, the whole field, and I'm not going to say all, but a lot of my subconscious thoughts. If I put myself in a certain state, I can experience that whole gestalt for at least five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the thing, you guys, is we're not saying that you have to be perfect. We're not saying that you have to be a Buddha before you can do magic. But what we're saying is this is why this tool is so, so, so important. This is where the growth happens. Yeah. You can learn all of the correspondences. You can learn all of the rituals. You can spend all your time on witch talk if you, you want. You can spend all your time on witch talk or, or reading Cicero's Golden Dawn Manual or the Ritual Magic Manual by David Griffin or anything by Israel Rigardi or... What's that other guy? Crowley. Alistair Crowley. You know, like you can read all. Everyone of, loves to hate you, Alistair Crowley. You can, you can be like a master, like connoisseur of magical rituals. You can know all of the sapphirate and all of the states of consciousness. But if you don't train your mind, the tool that is used to enact the magic, you are going to have muddled results. Yeah, like, let's even just use a more simple example. Like, you know, if we were, uh, like, I can't even remember which season this is or which uh, movie it is, but, you know, Harry Potter, at some point, Harry Potter's, I think it's Harry Potter's wand, one of their wands gets broken. Hmm. And all of a sudden, their magic is bad, right? Think of this in this way. Your brain is your wand. Right? When you're doing your magical yeah. stuff, your brain is your totally. wand. You can also have a wand if you want, but like at the end of the day, your brain is your wand. wand. We both have wands, but they're not mandatory. Um, your brain is your wand. It's the most important tool. And right now, it's on the fritz. So wouldn't it make sense to spend time, energy, and money on like training, training and, and like repairing your most important wand, which is your mind? Because otherwise, of course, you're going to get silly, like weird fritzy results. And this is not just something that we see for armchair, what we call armchair magicians, which is, you know, people that just read all the books and don't actually practice anything. But this is pervasive in many of the lineages that we're a part of as well. Totally. Where, you know, we, we've actually had some, like, some people warn us of, like, oh, hey, just be, like, really mindful of, like, what you're doing. Why are you? Because, you know, universe has a sense of humor. And I'm, like, universe don't have a sense of humor. Your brain does. Yeah. That's your, the your, problem. And your subconscious doesn't really like you. Yeah. You know, you know, like that that's that's the thing. Like, let let's be honest here. Magic for the purpose of 3D realm stabilization is novice. It's entry level. Hmm. You know, you want to get into adepthood where your 3D realm's stable. You don't have to worry about money. Hmm. You don't have to worry about food, all that stuff. You've got time to practice higher level magic ceremonial magic sex magic chemical magic sex magic because that is what transforms who and what you are but into a higher being of light 
into a higher being of influence. In this world, which in if you're listening world. to this podcast, I'm assuming you want. That's probably what you want. Yeah. Right? Like the process of alchemy is transmuting the prima materia, your body, into gold. In other words, a body of light. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, like you, like, yeah, you can do meditation without, or so you can do magic without meditation, but you cannot do alchemy without meditation. No, it's required. And here's the thing, like, you know, we just said, and I, I'm, I caution with this word, but it, you know, it's not inaccurate that practical magic is novice. And I don't like the word novice, but what I, because it is, sometimes it's quite complex and very challenging. Yeah, so it's not necessarily fair. novice, but it is the first tier. Relative it is foundational. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's foundational. Why? Because again, as Sian already mentioned, you need to have your money figured out, your food figured out, your health figured out. You need to know that you have a house over your head so that you can do these more advanced practices. If you're worrying about that, then you're screwed. And it is much easier to see if your work is not working in the material realm. Totally. So you get faster that's the feedback. That's the training ground. That's why it's foundational, not just because A, you need this foundation before you can even get to the higher levels, but also B, you're going to learn faster. So all of this to say, what can you do? What are your next steps? A, please start concentration meditation. Obviously, we're not saying that you need to like do an hour or anything like that. Five minutes a day. Five minutes a day. As, every day. As we instructed every day, three weeks of that is going to change your life. Yeah. Like I, I can't like, like I can't tell you how many people's lives I've changed with just this five minutes a day practice, which we've already transmitted to you. If you want to go deeper, a really great neuroscience, secular, mostly secular manual is called The Mind Illuminated by Chuladasa. Mm, yeah, really good. Mostly yeah. secular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really, really good. So please, please, please commit to yourself five minutes a day. Consistency is more important than duration. Do not do 30 minutes a week. It will not serve you. Five minutes a day. When I say 30 minutes a week, I mean like 30 minutes once a week. Five minutes a day is better than an hour once a week. Okay, totally. so give yourself your five totally. minutes a day. It's easy. You can do it on the toilet. You can do it right before you go to bed. You can do it as soon as you wake up. Five minutes. Everyone's got as five minutes in their day. As long as it's done like we instructed. Yes, not a guided meditation this way. Five minutes of this kind. This is not about peace. This is about going to the gym for your brain. Yes. Okay, we're b building new neural pathways. Two additional pieces, and then we'll let you guys go. So the first one is, please, please, please do not use this as an excuse to stop doing magic. Or to think that you're not ready for magic. If you've already been working with or curious about, please follow that urge. Just add this alongside. So you do not need to say, oh, I, until I can meditate for 30 minutes, I can't do tarot cards. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that this will make your tarot cards better. So please continue to practice whatever it is that you are already practicing. And add meditation as an additional piece. Like we said, once a day, five minutes a day. Everyone can find that kind of time. No problem. And one last thought. Oh, but I have one more too, though. Can I say mine Okay, first, do yours first. Thank you. And if you are not, this is something we normally reserve for those in our Solomon's Crypto Magic, our like high ticket um, six month transformational wealth, transformational wealth container. But I'm going to give it to you guys here because it feels really relevant. If you do not have a magical journal, hmm. magic is a science and you will start to notice the correlation between your brain and the success of your magic if you start tracking it. And I'll leave it there. Okay. So the last thought, 
and this will lead into a future episode. Uh Uh-oh. I hate it when you do that. Just think. Meditation helps you see earlier and earlier in phenomena. It's the beginning, the middle, and the end. Right now you're at the end. Eventually you get to the middle, eventually to the beginning. But think about this. The beginning of phenomena is in the future. Mm, We are so grateful that you decided to hit play on today's episode. If anything in this episode has inspired you or helped you transform your life, make sure to let others know by sharing a review on Spotify or iTunes so we can keep our community growing. We absolutely adore giving away free gifts. Send us a screenshot of your review to team at theprism.org to receive a special meditation from us as a gift of gratitude. We absolutely cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. Between now and then, don't forget to visit our website at theprism.org. And remember, the goal is always in you.